And good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to another week of the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back with a sub from Abdi Johan. Thank you, Abdi. What a way to get introduced. What a way to get in the introduction. I guess I'll start there with uh, one of my co-hosts here today is a good friend, Abdi Johan. How are you, man? I'm doing all right, man. I'm happy to be here. Good. It's good to see you, man. I'm missing you. Are you wearing your character shirt today? I am wearing my character shirt oh, today. Oh, I just noticed <laughs> that. He's got the Carrick shirt on. I'll check that out. That's nice. Dedicated. And also joining us today, one of our special guests who's been here before and is joining us again, our good friend from Black Sky Legion, Kai Zin. How are you, man? Hello, hello. And and but you you buried the lead there, uh, Griff. What did I do? We're we're so happy to see Avdi because it's hard to pry him away from that gorgeous little baby girl I he's got know. that's almost a year I old. No, the daddy, right? He's the big daddy. That's awesome. I know. We have to celebrate like for that. We have to put some one year I mean he does post. I know he's gonna post a picture with him and that baby. Oh, on I'm that gonna post something. Year. Yeah. I no, know. I, that's I do happen. all I do all of her like one month pictures and stuff like that. One month, two months, three months. Uh, Oh, yeah. but I'm, I'm excited because at 12 months, I think that means I get to slow down on it. Ah! <laughs> I'm gonna, like, the pictures will the pictures will just be for us, not for like all the big, you know. Yeah, that's what happens. Everything to all the people out there. Well, first year's uh. big year. Everybody gets that. That's that's it's always oh, amazing. Yeah. But like you said, time flies by. So take it in while you can, because so you'll be a two before you know it. You'll be a three before that. You'll be walking to kindergarten, brother. So it's, it'll it'll happen real quick on you. I'm telling you. Next thing you know, you're right. paying for college. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Well, listen, we want to welcome everybody who's here. We've got some, we'll get some shout outs. Let's see, we've got Fist to Face out there. We've got Pops in Space. We've got Theorems out there. Uh, who else is out there? Fast Cards there. J2 is out there. Wolf Dragon. So happy to see all you guys. BBG, thank you. Everybody who's here today, thank you for joining us uh, on our show today with a different kind of name, Abdi. You dropped the bomb on me. You don't. Even, you, you never heard that phrase before, have you? I know you've never heard that That's phrase That's from that before. song, right? That song. Oh, my God. The young guys are <laughs> in like, the house, y'all. The young guys are in the house from that you song. You dropped the bomb on me. Who was, who was, the, who was the band? You dropped a bomb on I, me. Give you me the really hit. turned me oh, Pop, Pops already threw it in. I was trying to challenge Abdi. Pops, you went old school too quick. All right, Abdi. Hey, Gap bad. Saved, there you go. Gap bad. That's right. That's okay, Pops. Yeah, I, I was trying to challenge the millennials in the room and, and see where they were at. But uh, but at least he knew. At least he knew it was a song. He knew it was. A song. Does Griff think of a millennial? No, not you. I was picking okay, on Abdi. Okay. I was picking okay. on Abdi. So you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You dropped the bomb on me, and we decided to, to title this show that because we're going to be talking about what it means to drop an ordinance on Star Citizen. We're not talking about somebody's law or something that's written in the books, but we're talking about military weapons, bombs, torpedoes on mm -hmm. folks. And we opened up with that scene. Akai, I'm not gonna go to you. I am gonna go to Abdi on the section. Abdi, had you seen that commercial that we opened up with there for the Eclipse? Oh yeah, Are you I've familiar with yep, it? Okay. Kai, sure. I know you were familiar with it. It's, it's one of those right? like early ones too. Like it's not early, but mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I remember well, when did that come out? I feel like that was like 20 Ooh, the eclipse had to be what 2017 20... maybe maybe was that 2017 18 17 you think it was earlier than that? I don't know. No, the eclipse wasn't out before I could be, I could be 2016. So I know that but it, it's mm. it was out for a little while um, but uh, Let me ask you this both of you guys might remember Do you guys remember the promo that was leading up to that that they basically 
what, what CIG did was they did this photograph of some aircraft way off in the distance behind a fence mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it had a sheet over it and you couldn't really see what well, when it was on the field you, you just saw like the mm -hmm. shape of it but you couldn't tell what it was and then they did a shot inside the hangar where it had the cloth over it they made a really big deal about that and i mm -hmm. guess kind of coming with that whole idea of the uh, the b2 uh you know the the bomber the stealth bomber kind of thing uh kai did you get into that when that came out were you kind of hyped i know you're a military guy so what did you think about the whole lead up for the eclipse being uh, revealed? I so the way that they did that reveal with everything was very I thought it was it, it was cool, it was very CIG, it was, you know, slick, it was well marketed. Um and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see like this is the way of CIG. They bring in the ships first and it's like it's out there, it's concept, it's whatever. And then eventually the gameplay loops catch you up and we're getting to the point where these gameplay loops are becoming actual things. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah it, you know, we're going to talk about the ships. We're going to talk about the ordinances. We're going to talk about gameplay. I'm going to cover a whole lot of stuff about this. Now, some of you folks out there, you know, a lot of times when people think about Star Citizen Abdi, they come from the perspective of combat, right? And the fighters, right? Uh, people are worried about what guns they're gonna put on their ship a lot of times, with shields. Rarely do you hear people talk about the bombing aspect. And mind you, uh, I, I think it was, who was this at Axis just mentioned about, you know, we only have so many type of bombs in the game. We don't have uh -huh. a, a big variety, but but they are in the game and, and torpedoes and they are in the game uh -huh. and usable. Are, are you more toward the, and let me say this, because some people aren't combat people. So I'm going to put this in the context of when you are in combat, are you the type of person that deals with torpedoes or or missiles or guns? Where, where do you kind of lean toward? Or do you kind of do a combination so, of all? Just a level set. A lot of people know me because I'd, I'd, I'd rather like, you know, do shipping or mining or that kind of a thing. But when I talk about my daily flyer, my daily flyer is actually my Vanguard Harbinger. Um, that's that's just like it's and that's not that's a torp ship but like i i appreciate having a ship that can um that can kind of do many things and mm -hmm. i feel like the vanguard harbinger is definitely one of those it's not as specialized um, right it, it does have some versatility to it it has some versatility to it in mm -hmm. terms of like it has a ton of quantum fuel mm -hmm. um you got you got the hard points for like uh you know having a size five weapon on the front mm -hmm. um hold it hold it hold it hold it hold it harbingers on our list so we're gonna come back to that all right because <laughs> right, i don't because right, right, i want right. you because i definitely want you to, to elaborate because you're an owner right. i don't own one and when we get to harbinger i'm gonna tell you why i don't own one because i'm a bomber yes. person more than anything so right. i will i will and hit i'm, on, I'm on the torp side so that's 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 where i'm coming from on okay. this one so okay. like yeah but yeah but i I'm, I'm definitely i see the specialized use of, of bombs mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a place for them in the verse and there's going to be only like, like Kai was saying, the loops are coming. Like mm -hmm. we got, you know, derelict, uh, outposts now mm -hmm. we're getting more things to do on the ground, mm -hmm. um, more things to defend that we want to yeah. keep on the ground. Yeah. Um, and that'll, that'll keep that loop flowing for a long time. So yeah. that's, I think, that's I think this is see. perfect. I think Griff can cover all of the in-depth knowledge on bombing. Cause that's his thing. And Abdi has all of the torpedoes covered and I'm just going to sit here and look pretty. Well, you know what? There's one other thing about bombing that didn't get on the show, and that was fast cartridge jokes. 
All right, I won't, we'll go past that. I got to take a shot at him because he's not on the show today, so I can give him a hard time. All right, so let's go ahead and change up real quick. All right. Okay. Um, he got him. Let's see. Yeah, let's, let's talk about this a little bit here. Um, we do want to make sure we distinguish um, this issue with torpedoes and bombs, even though the title's about dropping a bomb, dropping an ordinance on somebody. But I want to go back and look at some definitions, and then we're going to kind of pick it up from there. So let's go with the very first one here. All right, which is torpedoes. Um, torpedoes are generally intended for use against, this should be, sorry about the two words connected, large targets like capital ships or installations. While you could theoretically use them against a smaller ship, like a fighter, a bomber, or a utility ship, they'd be much easier for those small ships to evade with or without the use of countermeasures. So as you guys know, we have several ships in the game that currently already do use torpedoes and we're going to kind of cover those as we go through um but uh you know it's interesting uh I, the first ship i had that had torpedoes on it was the retaliator and uh-huh. man oh man i you know some of you remember in the early days when the torpedoes would launch i mean not that they don't do it now but you used to be able to follow it and see it and they were devastating they were yeah. horrible in the sense of tracking sometimes, but man, when you hit with those things, they were incredible. And those are the only torpedoes. I think we had those. And then we had the ones that were in the gladiator and the gladiator is going to be the first one we open up with, but, uh, torpedoes are in the game. We don't have a lot of variety on them, but we do have some, uh, and Abdi, the harbinger has torpedoes, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. It's got, yeah. All right. We can talk about it. A little All right. Bit, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kai, any thoughts about torpedoes before we get into the thing about bombs? I think it's interesting. Torpedoes have, in in the game, obviously we're a long way from the game being finished and we're a long way from anything being done. So things will change 15 times before it's done. Mm -hmm. But torpedoes have already evolved so greatly. If you look for a long while there, torps were absolutely useless Mm -hmm. and now if you talk the people that know pvp you know with subliminal whenever he goes and does his breakdown every patch of the combat rankings a tier tier through s tier he'll always go through and then omni's already laughing because he knows Mm -hmm. he he goes through and they'll go and to all my dirty torp throwing apes because like it's its own <laughs> class of like serious combat now it's yeah. it's a real thing it's not just a shtick anymore yeah absolutely mm. absolutely okay all right let's talk about bombs okay because we, we're going to cover that and uh mm-hmm. let's see uh, you know what that's not right let's see hope, let's hope this is right hey there this is oh Rick. okay well before we get there okay so that was <laughs> torpedoes where's my bombs thing at did i move it okay there it is there. It, it is. shouldn't be there, but it is. Okay. Bombs. Bombs are a uh, ship ordnance designed to be dropped from ships with light or no guidance system falling to the ground under a planet's gravity before detonation. And uh, we've seen that just get implemented within the last year. I mean, true bombing. Uh, we, we, we've had some dumb fire stuff with torpedoes, but true bombing has definitely entered into the game uh, since we've gotten the... Uh, the uh, Crusader uh, Hercules A2. Uh, Kai, I'm gonna jump to you on this one. Uh, what is your reaction when you saw CIG implement? Because they, they remember they did that little thing where they had a Gladius and they were doing some, just some drops of stuff just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. not to be funny, 
you know, sometimes CIG shows us stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, two years from now, we'll see it come. And man, it was within months, the A2 came out. And not only did it come yeah. out, but it came out with bombs actually working. Uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, bombs in the game? And, and, let, and let me say this before you answer. Mm-hmm. When CIG first started implementing this stuff with uh, ground vehicles and ground mm-hmm. warfare, there were some people who pushed back on it because Chris Roberts often talked about this being the space simulator, space combat, and people's minds were about, you know, space, right? Being in space, dominating in space, combat in space. But the real estate in space is not necessarily space, but it's also space and of course, orbital bodies, right? Moons, planets, and things of that nature. And the Uh question becomes, what are we defending or fighting for when we are out in space? And obviously it's okay to say, hey, we've claimed this area of space, right? But there are no resources per se other than asteroids or gases, but on Uh planets and moons, there are. So how do you see things like bombing and Mm. torpedoes and you could say i can throw both in how do you see them implementing this into the game in a way that you know man when you see a a2 bomb drop man it's like devastation right i mean how do you see them making that work so that you know we just don't bomb everybody and you know what do you see any gameplay elements of what cig can do in relation to that yeah i mean so to your point of like well people looked at all the ground vehicles and they were like hey man that's not space this isn't my space game uh newsflash everything is in space you think you live in america zoom out (laughs) you're on a rock hurtling through space bro uh so like with regard to uh the whole aspect of you know hey there's more than just spaceships here i think chris is very clearly pivoted to referring to the game and and the CIG as a whole, as a corporate entity, has pivoted to referring to the game as the best damn galaxy sim, which includes all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. With regard, I agree with you. Um, with regard to your definition of bombs there, it's it's accurate, I think, as it pertains to the game now. Right. I would right. be very interested to see how that evolves because ordnance designed to drop uh, with no guidance mm-hmm. and just fall under gravity. So we we have an aircraft today, we have both uh i can tell you for sure because i've done it mm-hmm. we have infantry uh who paint targets mm, right that with a with a uh laser designator mm-hmm. and then uh ordinances drop from a plane mm-hmm. to uh achieve uh a, a, an interesting meeting with that target right uh so so that's you know there are definitely guidance systems on bombs and whatever and there are also definitely bombs that have their own guidance internal systems. tracking mm-hmm. systems and whatever but as you said when 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 bombing when the concept of bombs were first very first introduced in in this game it was on the tail of when they found out that they could basically sort of jury rig the refueling system or sorry the the cargo transfer system to make refueling Mm -hmm. and then they were like so that uh, and it was literally mentioned that way where they said hey what if we just did the same thing what if we jury rig bombs what Mm -hmm. if we literally just take the engine off of a missile and Mm -hmm. call it a bomb you just drop it Mm -hmm. and to the surprise and shock of Mm -hmm. everyone including themselves Mm -hmm. it worked Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think but and to your last point about like how do you deal with the whole uh well why would not someone just fly over jump town and drop a bomb and kill everyone and then go in and take it it's like i i think 
there's multiple things. A, if if you have a massive bomb that destroys everything, it would remove any asset for you to take there. Mm-hmm. And then and then two, I think just just like today in the real world, if you uh have some situation where it's like, hey, there's this guy, he's a high value target, we want to go kill him. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to drop a nuke in the middle of a city. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone else in the United Nations gets a little pissed off at you. Mm-hmm. So I think similarly, there's going to be things to do with criminality and whatever, where they say, hey, man, you can't indiscriminately drop a bomb on a village to kill this one pirate NPC. You've just murdered 80 other people. You're in massive trouble. You're, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think CIG is going to have to do take steps in some way to you know sort of countenance when bombs are and are not allowed to be dropped i think in a big pvp battle with two orgs and you're on the middle of a a, a, in the desert of daymar and you're nowhere near any npc civilians Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you drop bombs on each other well that's a no harm no foul type situation maybe Mm. but if you're in a situation where you drop a bomb either near a town or a settlement or even some of these new points of interest where there are mission givers and this, that, and the other. Hey, dude, you just murdered a bunch of civilians. That's not kosher. Okay, so let me ask you this. And by the way, uh, Wolf Dragon, I see what you're saying here. You can prevent bombing by having air superiority to destroy the bombers before they get to the target. Very true, Mm -hmm. right? Very true, right? We know that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit about why there will be support needed when you want to bring some of these ships. Because some of these ships, like the A2... A fully manned A2 is devastating, guarantee Mm -hmm. you. I saw a guy who traded out all his freaking guns on the freaking A2. They're all size five. It's like five, six different turrets underneath that sucker, plus the bombs. And that Uh thing can bring all types of hell down, but its vulnerability obviously is from its its upper part. Uh, Let me ask this as a question. Um, Last Friday, Abdi, on Star Citizen Live, the demonstration was was from the VFX people and they created a shield bubble. Do you think that that might be the prelude to us seeing things like that come into the game where either, and Kai, you can jump in on this too, is it gonna be kind of like the old man, Obi-Wan, who has to go in and shut off the shields in order to be able to get inside? Or is it gonna be like the Gungans where there's this big shield bubble and you're gonna have to really, you can beat on it and weaken it. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, bombing it won't work on it, but you can actually drive vehicles through. You know what I mean? I'm wondering, do you think that the Abdi, that yeah. that's kind of a prelude to what CIG could do to balance the tables? You know what I mean? So that people aren't completely vulnerable to bombs. And at the, also at the same time, a situation where it's unpenetrable because of a shield. Yeah, I think that they they have a lot of options going forward. Um, like it's not just the the shield bubble, or I think the shield bubble could work. Uh, there's also uh, target jamming, um, mm. uh, and uh, uh, the thing that I was just thinking about now, uh, putting countermeasures on land land vehicles too. Mm. Um, like out of something that can disperse. Like I don't know. Uh, I'm not like a big Milson kind of guy, so I don't mm-hmm. know all the words for it. But like something that like chaff or something that creates noise, so that like the bomb is the uh, targeting system on the bomb. The targeting is, uh, system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like throws it off or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, if the bombs get smarter than what they are right now, what they are right now, I I feel like. Uh, uh, you'd have to get more anti-air like you right. know have something with with like uh 
I don't know, like large rounds or something that can take off. Like right now, take, they're take able to shoot the them out of the sky. Even lands. Yeah, like right now, they're able to shoot them out of the sky if they have enough time. Right. You know, depending on where you right, drop right. them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then that's gonna that's gonna lead into the whole like well then you need to be able to de detect the bomb mm -hmm. in a better way yeah. you know when you're in a land vehicle or just or if you just you know like what what you're talking about in terms of having a uh like what what are we actually defending we're defending settlements mm -hmm. eventually someday like i got a farm and that farm is like you know got some big crops on it mm -hmm. i don't want a rival gang or or a pirate or org or something like that to just like come and carpet bomb my my, my field okay. so you have like stationary things that are there to defend, to defend um that maybe no one is actually manning so yeah. like um or no one is actually uh right. in it. automated they're, yeah they're, like they're uncrewed right they yeah. showed us they showed us the missile the anti-missile launchers at the last ci you know thing so you're right they can come up with things that could target i'm trying to remember what yeah. game it was there was some game i had what was it oh i know what it was it was dug on seven days to die you could actually set the uh <laughs> you could set up a turret a gun turret and say uh -oh. shoot zombies shoot people shoot you know you could actually designate what yeah. was could be hit by it so you're right there could be some way they could set up something and you could designate what it is doing a point defense for kyle let me hit you real quick and then we're going to go ahead and just start talking about these sh oh we're gonna look at the video any thoughts about that do we have to be obi-wan kenobi and sneak into somebody's settlement and find a power generator and turn off the little <laughs> lever is that going to be the deal I mean so that could be a phenomenal gameplay loop of mm -hmm. what, what you call combined arms you know people mm -hmm. that are sneaking in on foot or from a ground vehicle and then doing things on foot mm -hmm. and then you know then the airstrike comes in mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways you can do it but i'm excited it's all of it sounds great and i like opti's ideas about the you know basically e-war mm -hmm. I, yeah, e I dig it mm -hmm. okay all right, guys, listen, we're going to reference two videos for you guys. Uh, both of these videos uh, are coming from Ray's Guide. Those of you guys who know Ray's Guide, I, I love Ray's Guide. I, I, I actually uh, uh, do a membership to his page because he gives out really good information. And he did two videos. One he did on uh, dumbfire bombing, torpedo bombing, and then a second video he did uh, using the A2. And he shows you three different ways and how you can bomb using the A2. So we're going to take a look at the first one. Because the first ships we're going to be talking about are ships that uh, are using mostly torpedoes. And then we'll come back and, and start talking about the ships. So let's take a look at this very first video that Ray put out here. Hey, with Ray's guide, I've been talking a bit about dumbfire missiles in Moby Hard 14 and using it a lot handling the Xeno threat Idris attacks. But I also hear many people saying that dumbfiring missiles opens up a door for bombardment on ground targets. So I thought I would do some testing to see how far the door had been opened. So the first challenge was setting up a situation that I could be able to shoot at a ground target in an active situation. In other words, one where I would also have to worry about them shooting back at me. Fortunately, we have these evict illegal occupants missions, all of which feature a base with a pretty formidable turret on the top that must be dealt with. Usually a strafing gunnery does that role, but the thought was uh, seeing whether a dumbfire missile would do the trick. And if so, what tactics would work? And to leave off the variable of how big a missile you would need, I just went straight with the size 9. And to start with, I went with a retaliator and just decided to tank my way all the way in and see if it would work at all. And I immediately learned a few things. The first was that your sensors do not pick up the turret as a targetable item until you are less than one kilometer minimum range of the missile. So honestly, if you're going to take out the turret with a missile, you're going to have to do a dump fire anyway. And I found that because the missiles drop out from underneath, 
Just pointing your nose at the target is a sure miss, but it was possible to come up to nearly point-blank range, come to a stop, and aim well high. And you could score a direct hit with a dumbfire missile, and that would work. But that hardly seemed like bombing. It seemed like getting a headshot by pressing your barrel to the back of the guy's helmet. So I switched to the Eclipse for further runs, and since none of our ships have anything resembling a Norton bombsite, I was led to the World War II dive bombing tank. Since any sideways velocity would also be applied to the missile and result in a sure miss, it meant a straightforward towards the target approach. Launching too high would give gravity too much of an opportunity to bend the trajectory down, and diving too fast would mean not being able to pull up in time and leaving your own bomb crater in the landscape. So you knew you had to aim high, but how high was just too complicated to reliably get, and it meant your approach, steady and straight to the target, made you a sitting duck to the gun itself. I failed a lot. So I switched to later 20th century helicopter tactics, since our ships have sufficient vertical thrusters for the job. I noted that there were some hills to my right as I was approaching, so I hugged the ground and hid behind them. I could hide behind them as long as I wished and then pop up and fire at fairly close range without being vulnerable all the way in. And while this was more survivable, the question of how high to overfire was pretty much impossible to estimate unaided. This point I was ready to throw in the towel and just call the whole thing a bust. Even had it all written up. But something told me to try one more approach, and that was to come from straight down from above. Hey, thanks for uh, the what's subscription. What's been happening is that I've been having to shoot so high was Hurston's gravity. But if I was coming from almost straight down, then that gravity would just be helping the torpedo towards its destination and not pulling it off course. So I was kind of coming in from somewhere between 75 and 90 degrees. It's hard to be exactly at 90 degrees with the aerodynamics pushing you one way or another. And this time I'm going to try to aim just a little bit high. Let her fly. Looking good. And hey, did that actually hit? Let's go see. Well, I'll say. <laughs> so what's my conclusion here? Well, it's still uneconomical and still impractical and even at its best, rather difficult. But it ain't impossible, so it is something to have in your bag of tricks. Now, Moby HUD-14 may have opened the door to dumb-firing missiles as bombers. Having this be a practical attack tactic, we'll have to wait until see if Moby HUD-15 or 16 includes a dynamic aiming point display for unguided missiles, just like it does for our guns. It's not going to replace my usual way of approaching these missions. You might wonder, what is my usual way of defeating these turrets? And the answer is, I don't defeat them at all. I just park a cutlass red behind that ridge and then proceed on foot. Fly safe, keep it real, and I'll see you in the verse. This is Ray with Ray's Guide. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Ray's pretty straightforward there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us do that now. We fly in and just fly behind the turret and land and go in. But it was interesting to see that he did try to find a workaround, a way to try to use them currently. And I think, Kai, you said it earlier. We know CIG is going to try to develop something that definitely doesn't have to be necessarily dumb fire, but there are those other technologies that where they can be guided in. Uh, you were kind of shaking your head, Abdi, during a lot of stuff, like you were agreeing with a lot of stuff that he was saying when you were listening. Had you tried some of those tactics before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've tried them before and it's it's so frustrating to get it just like <laughs> just right. And uh, 
it's it's one of those things where like maybe someday i don't know it maybe it's just on purpose mm -hmm. until they're they're able to implement a, a a way that um you know it, it wouldn't just make it just like so easy to just go in you know pop all the turrets with four missiles and then just like you know whatever go along with your looting but yeah. um yeah I, i've tried it before and it sucks it just i, I feel terrible i'm like I can't hit anything. <laughs> so <laughs> and one big miss, yeah. one big miss or big explosion, whichever one. All right, well, let's go ahead and start taking a look at some of these ships here. Uh, Abdi, why don't you go ahead and read this piece on the Gladiator Force, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, the civilian model of the Gladiator appeals to those that want uh, to explore the verse with a bit of added security. Supporting a maximum of two, the Gladiator is perfectly equipped to explore and fight without, with or without a wingman. The civilian model allows pilots to choose between an extra cargo hold or a bomb bay. And it has Stalker 5 missiles that are size 5 and 4 of them. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, have you flown this ship before? I haven't. I've gone into the cockpit of it okay. at, uh, at uh, like one of the events. Which one was it? Uh, the military one. Or oh, Invictus? Uh, Invictus. Invictus, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I've gotten into that, uh, but I haven't actually flown one, and I haven't seen anyone else fly one either. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ships that you don't see a lot of people flying. Back in the day, you used to see people flying it, but over the years, it seems less and less people, even though it is somewhat beloved as far as the anvil. And people who do like it talk about the fact that it's a fairly powerful ship uh, because it's armed to the teeth. If, if you guys take a look at the link that we have in our thing here, and we'll put the link in the chat for you guys, if somebody, one of the mods could put it in there. Uh, this thing has torpedoes out the wazoo. Not to mention just a man turret and auto cannon. Kai, what about you? Have you flown the Gladiator before? I have only flown in it once. Okay. And it's it's a neat ship. I think it suffers from being the second best ship that mm -hmm. starts with the letters GLAD. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> it, it it is very good and and it it, it ranks very well on the on the uh like i said on on subliminals uh last couple uh mm -hmm. uh go arounds of dropping the ships a tier to s tier in combat or you know a, a, s tier to f tier whatever mm -hmm. it's a it's a good ship um although i sort of agree with abdi you never see them yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah theorem, theorem <clears throat> says they need a little bit of cig love this is definitely mm -hmm. one of those ships like the hornet uh, that, that definitely is going to, we know it's going to be brought to gold standard. It's nowhere near there right now. And I'm hoping uh -huh. that in the process of it going gold standard, that it also gets a really nice rework because it is a fairly powerful, uh, ship. Uh, and the cool uh -huh. thing is about it is that with or without a wingman, it could be pretty deadly. Uh, uh -huh. and so the gladiator is not one, I'm not a big anvil person, but I have flown it before. Um, very easy to fly. Definitely. Like I said, devastating. Uh, but people seem to, to gear toward more of the... I, I have seen people fly the Gladiator during um, Nine Tails. I, I, I think yeah. I remember seeing people fly it during then before. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely needs the rework. And hopefully, like I said, when it goes to gold standard, we'll see that one step up a little bit. Uh, if you haven't flown one before, I would say take one out. And you might be amazed because there's a lot of missiles and torpedoes on this thing. Like a lot. <laughs> 
a lot. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and go to our next one. Kai, I'm going to pass this one on to you. Uh, right since, on. since we know that Abdi already owns <laughs> one, we'll let you do the read on it. Okay. The Vanguard Harbinger is Earth's standard fighter bomber, converting the standard Warden model's escape pod into a potent bomb bay. The extended range of the Vanguard and the relatively small uh, profile mean that it can go where carrier-based planes and large strategic bombers don't, and then strike hard and make it back to the frontier bases. The Vanguard Harbinger is a powerful bomber that can operate out of the roughest forward operating bases. It has a complement of uh, three Stalker 5 size 5 ordnance. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, let me go to you first, Kai. This falls into the Vanguard class of ship, uh, mm -hmm. heavy fighter. Uh, any thoughts about it as far as its design as a bomber? I think it's, it's interesting, as, as I just read out in the, the description, it is what I would call a role player. It is. It, it has a designated function between the you know the the, the smaller and the and the big boys, mm -hmm. and you know. So there's going to be places where getting an A two in could be a problem. It's a little too big. It's a little too whatever. And mm -hmm. there's going to be, but there's places where it's a little too far out for something that's going to be you know carrier based whatever. So it fits that role. Yeah. And, and now mind you, this ship, and correct me if I'm wrong, Abdi, this does have decent range on it, correct? It's oh not like God, the other yeah. fighters, it, right? You get good range. Good range. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Crazy good range. Yeah. It, it, what's the quantum fuel on it? It's like 2,500. Wow. What is it? Quantum fuel units or something like mm -hmm, that? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you can you can take this thing out for days. And that's one reason why I have it. Mm -hmm. um, like, it, it helps with all the different big events that are happening right now yeah. or even in the past. But at the same time, if you just want to do a bunch of targets, like do a bunch of like, you know, medium, uh, medium risk targets to, mm -hmm. uh, VHRTs, mm -hmm. um, even, I mean, if you're good enough, you can do ERTs too, kind of, I, that's kind of changed in the last few months, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can just take this from point to point to point to point to point because it's, it's, it's pretty tanky. It's got mm -hmm. that Vanguard tankiness. Yeah. Um, but it's also got just like so much range on it. So, okay. um, you can, you can basically just keep using it till you have to refuel it. Okay, I'm hoping that you're gonna sell me on this, that I'm gonna get one. And I'll tell you why I haven't gotten it. I can't, I can't I, do okay, that. Okay, here's I, the deal. I was and I was looking forward to this ship. I really was. I, I It was, okay, it, and on top of that, it's the most expensive out of all of the Vanguard ships, right? So I'm looking forward to getting this ship. Then when it comes out, I find out that they reduce the torp size. That yeah, kicks that's, me yeah. in the gut. Because for the extra price, and, and because I had the Eclipse already, and then they reduced the price of this ship. I'm sorry, the price of the ship actually went up, but then they dropped the torpedo. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand for design reasons they did it, and I get that, because I remember the old design had smaller torps. They, those size fives, were, they were, they, they looked, the design was different. Yep. I wish, this is what I wish they had done, and I've said this on the show before, I would rather mm -hmm. they lose the beds and put three on this side and three on this side. If that sucker had six torps in it, I would yep. love it. But the fact that they I, I went would... from four to three, I was like, mm. and I just have not been yeah. able to go ahead and dive in and get it. 
I, I think that if it's not going to be your daily flyer, I use this as a daily flyer just because okay. it's, like I said, you can put so much in it mm-hmm. um, and you can put boxes in it if you need boxes, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So you can go from point to point. Right. But um, the fact that it has so few torpedoes really is really annoying. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it really deserves a few more. Yeah. Um, like you said. And I mean, like, that's the other thing, like with ERTs, like if it can, it can handle ERTs. I, I agree with you, Captain Jones, mm-hmm. but like, you know, you uh, you you let loose those three ordnance. You know, you have the the, the stalkers, mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of you have a bunch of missiles. Um, but things are getting better at shooting back at you. Mm-hmm. Things are getting better at uh, shooting down torps or evading torps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with the damage model and everything coming in, like this is this ship. I feel like we'll just need to have a little bit more in order to make it something that you could really sell. Yeah. Um, I mean, just cause right now, like the, the, I mean, like with one of the ships that's coming up, mm-hmm. um, it, it just kind of outclasses it. We'll talk about it yeah. in, a, in a second, and, but and, you know, that, there's, there's other ships you can go with that, that the ship is a powerful ship, right? The nose gun on it. Amazing. Right. And maybe that, yep, and maybe that it. was the compensation because it does have that, that, that letting that other torp go would have been justifiable. I guess I kept feeling like the gladiator has size fives and it's got four. Right, mm-hmm. then you jump to the Eclipse, which has size nines, but there are only mm-hmm. three of them. I was hoping that Harbinger would have been in that five in to middle. six in area between. in the middle, right in between somewhere. Yeah, I, I I think it's a great ship. I know I'm going to get it eventually, you know, because you the range is a huge that. seller for it. No, I mean the in game, even nice. if it's in game, I'm saying the range because because any other freaking fighter, you you know, Stanson is not the biggest system. Any other freaking fighter, you got to either get transported or you got to stop and get gas mm-hmm. every few minutes. The benefit to having this, this to Pyro. Thing, I'm taking this to Pyro. There That's you go. one reason why I got this. Yep. There I'm taking you this go. to Pyro and I'll be able to like pop things that I need to yeah. pop. And, it comes, and not just the, the three Stalker fives, it comes with like four arresters. Yeah. Four, was it Devastators? Okay. And then like, uh, and then like a bunch of, uh, a bunch of the, uh, like the size two, like the really small missiles. Mm, so like okay. it comes with a ton of missiles too. Okay. Um, it's not just the torps. Right. Um, right. So I mean, like, and then with the size, the size five uh, hard point on the nose, mm-hmm. and then you can put on the four repeaters uh, that are uh, standard to vanguards. Yeah, it's a it's, lot. It, to me, it's 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 got it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. But as you'll see as we talk about these other other ships, mm-hmm. there's other ships that can do this specific role. Yeah. Better. Well, so. As we've talked about already, and I'm sure it will just continue to come up, the game is far from done, mm-hmm. and every once in a while there are rebalances. So mm-hmm. I would definitely mm-hmm. think that it's not without, it's not out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. that we do actually see it sort of take up that middle ground with regards to its ordinance, the mm-hmm. Torp ordinance specifically. Yeah. But I think another thing, Griff, that's going to make or I don't think break. I think just make. I think another thing that is going to make a lot of people take a serious hard look at this ship is the buck system. Once all of that shakes out and we see exactly what's happening with the battlefield upgrade kits, like you have to keep in mind that this platform, the the Vanguard platform, Mm -hmm. you've got between the Sentinel, the Warden, the Harbinger, and the Hoplite, you have so much capability that depending on how that whole modular upgrade battlefield upgrade kit shakes out, mm-hmm. a lot of people might very seriously look at this as a as a 
really good platform that they can modify to do just about anything fairly decently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to go back back and look at that because there were some changes with that modification module crap. And I don't remember what it, it was. It, 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 well, so here's the thing. It was it first. Was like, first, it was like, oh, it's done, and then mm-hmm. it was like, no, it's not. And now it's like question mark. <laughs> so, like, what I'm saying is, when we see how that finally shakes out, right, we'll have to see. Yeah, it, it could be a thing, or it could, could be, be mm-hmm. if it's not a thing. Well, then, yeah, as it stands now, that's yeah. that's a that's a miss. Yeah, theorem. They oh. did say that they were changing because originally it was supposed to be extremely modular. Then they said they were going to make it where it was. It wasn't going to be you could change every little thing, but there was something about it that could be changed. But they, again, it's I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was kind of hazy, whatever it's it was. Changed, yeah, it's multiple changed. times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So that's the uh, the Harbinger. Um, well, one last thing. Sure, sure, one sure. Last thing. I know we spent a lot of time on it, no but it does have uh, a. Um, it has a turret on it that uh, yeah. that can be manned or mm-hmm. that can be crewed. Um, so if you want to bring someone along, you can do that. And mm-hmm. then that turret standard comes with like, is it the cluster bomb thing? Oh, really? Like the, they're like the rocket pod. It's the rocket, oh, the rocket pod. Pods. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the rocket pod turret, which aren't, uh, I know like there, there were some issues with the rocket pods mm-hmm. for a while, but I think they've improved. Okay. I need to bring more people out of my Vanguard Harbinger to, to try it. <laughs> but uh, from what I've heard that I think they're wor- working a little bit better than they have in the past when people were like, uh, just swap those those mm. rocket pods out with something else. Yeah. And it's a cool looking ship. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. Hell yeah. Definitely. Got oh. that, got that like master ch- Chief Green on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll read this one. Uh, Eclipse. This is from Aegis. The Aegis Eclipse is a bomber designed to get in and strike before it's even spotted. After extensive service with the UEE, this high-tech military stalwart is making its debut on the silver civilian market. That was back in, it was 2017, 2947. Uh, it carries Argos 9s, size 9 torps, and uh, there are three of them on that particular ship. Um, this one is again, I've, I'm, I've always been a big B1, B2 stealth person, right? And so when this thing was coming out, I was slobbering for this thing. I think it has one of the coolest cockpits when you are inside this ship. It just makes you feel like, yeah, I'm in this like really, really cool, powerful space. Um, Size nines on this thing, three of them. Uh, we already know what the devastation Ooh. of size nines are for those of us who've been in playing in retaliators for a while. Uh, devastating. Uh, in this particular trailer, they actually show this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they show the pilot doing some very low flying coming in evidently under radar, uh, even though he's visually seen by the time the person visually sees it, it's too late. The ordinance has been launched. Um, and it's interesting to see that they take out basically what looks like a base. Um, there's an Idris there, there's a Starfare there, the concussion of the blast literally just takes out everything that we see there on screen. Um, <laughs> that's pretty powerful. Um, Kyle, let's talk a little bit about this because we're looking at these ships and I know that these ships can do solo work like that. Um, but bombers historically, even though they can go in as one plane, quite often they're used in squadrons. They're designed to deliver a heavy impact to soften up areas or to bring a heavy amount of devastation. And the reason why you use more than one of them is because if one doesn't make it in, 
then their mission fails. So you may send a squadron of three or a squadron of six with the intention that maybe at least 50% of them or 70% of them will make it in. You know, somebody's gonna make it in. Um, do you think players will, you know, will actually get to that place where they'll look at, the, like, let's do this base, for example. I know there could be that solo person that sneaks in like that, but will we also see squadrons where people are like, I'm a part of a bomber squadron in my org? I mean, yeah, it just, it's one of those situations where, you know, rule of cool uh, sort of comes in. So you're going to have some Milsim people or whatever, where they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we've got a wing uh, and, and, you know, or, you know, we've got a squadron going here and a squadron going there. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the capability of that size nine, I, I don't see a whole lot of places where you're like, you know what? We need six of those. No, no, like no. And, and please don't misunderstand <laughs> me because I was going to respond to Captain Jones because he's absolutely right. I'm not referring to necessarily under the stealth position. I'm just talking about people seeing these ships as being ships that work together for a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because right now people kind of just grab their favorite ship and go fly sometimes. Yeah, but, but that's I'm, rule of cool. Right, but I'm saying, will people start realizing, like you said, Captain, you mentioned about usually there are two when they're stealth, or will people take mm -hmm. out harbingers? They'll take out, you know, six of them in formation going in to do something. I guess that's what I'm, I'm looking at. Will players become much more coordinated when they think about the power that bombers can deliver to a, to a target? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, again, I, so right now, if we're being entirely honest, mm -hmm. there isn't, I, very many valid use cases for size nine bombs mm -hmm. in the game. But when you look at that, I, I think to, for my money and, and whatever you could, there's star citizen is a game that is full of gorgeous ships. Mm -hmm. They've, they've made millions off of that. Uh, this is the single sexiest looking, looking ship in the game mm -hmm. bar none for me. Mm -hmm. So Again, it's rule of cool. It's like, what is the use for this? I, right now, as it stands today, mm -hmm. I don't know. But <laughs> it, we're also just a bunch of nerds playing video games. So well, like, wait a minute. If, wait. If, I, if it's the coolest thing out there, I could definitely see me and Abdi flying and doing doing the whole time. Like, you know, Dude, uh, let, let me tell you something, Kai. Oh, God, I was on the target. Kai, wait a minute. People were using those size nines against the javelins, the Idrises. They were out oh, there with those eclipses, dude. They were, they oh, were for firing, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, okay, so that, that's so, so, so the, so you've got the Idris. Mm -hmm. uh, a, 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 yes, that there, okay. That is a use. That's yeah. one. Right, but beyond that, okay. no, I, I hear you. Trust me, I hear you. I'm just saying there was one instance where I know people put some really good practice. And I'm not saying that people can't use the clips to do other stuff, but these torps, you know, first of all, okay, let's, we'll get into the whole expense side of this later on, mm -hmm. right? Because there's mm -hmm. also an expense side to doing this stuff. <laughs> that I would might... like to see... We, we, when you say, oh, you know, uh, large orgs getting like, you know, numbers of these guys, yeah, we got 12 of these together. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, hey, look, the bangle is due to be here on its little Invictus tour in an hour. Let's get 12 of my friends in eclipses and yeah. uh, let's see if we can take out a bangle. Like, that's like, it's a planet killer at that point. Like, 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, like, Obviously, yeah, I, what you, yeah, I agree with you, man. Like, I, I'm like, it's, it's going to be one of those things where I feel like it's, uh, when, when the loops are in, people will be so ready for this. Mm. Like, uh, I know that like the, the, the org that I'm a part of, like has a fighter division and I know that there probably are people out there that are like, oh, once like, once there's a reason to take my clips out, I'm going to be part of that, you know, the bomber division. I want to be there. I want to be out there. And we're going to be like going in, striking, and then everyone else will come in. And after everything is kind of like taken down, you know, like I think, I think once, once you see more reasons to have it out there, mm -hmm. it will definitely be out there. Yeah. J2 mentioned something in chat. He said there's a curiosity of whether if that guy is actually painting the target with the, with the uh, scope, like when he's looking out there with a the sniper or whatever, mm -hmm. the guy with the scope, so, is he painting the target or is he just looking at the ships that are landing? So again, now you go into the question of whatever rule of cool or whatever, but I can tell mm -hmm. you as the, who knows, man, this well, is a, I'm only a saying video game. The, there's one guy here with armor on with a mask on, but then there's another right. guy off in the distance who doesn't have a helmet on. Right. And he does so, take in point, you know, I'm just curious. The, the way that you paint targets, at, at least, okay, in the real military, the way that you paint those targets, you have this little thing that's a, like a box mm -hmm. and it sits on a tripod right. and the back of it has a, a face that looks like, uh, 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 like an, it literally looks like an iPad and it, it has a couple buttons on it, but most of it is you can, with your finger on the screen, mm -hmm. you can literally, you can do thing. yeah, so it doesn't, like, we don't today at least have the technology where I could put it on like a rifle scope or kind of whatever to paint a target. But like, this is also they, yeah. with spaceships and 900 years in the future. So who knows? They do it in video games. So, you know, like, like in Halo, there's like campaign missions in Halo where there's like a random like, oh, paint the target with this weird target painting gun that you only get to use in this one campaign mission. And yeah. it's like... Yeah. Is Griff saying something? No, Griff is uh, just, we'll, we'll just cover. He's got something at the house. So yeah, oh, it, okay. it, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, you're, you're right. It's like, and, and like I said, like, that's not the way that it works in real life, but this is a video game set a yeah. thousand years into the future with yeah. artificial gravity and people flying around in space. So maybe. Yeah. I don't know if they would, do you think they'd want to do that where they give it to like, oh, this is the specialized weapon from, Klausenburner or whatever, where like you know you go out there in your little uh, land vehicle that can't be detected. You know you have your friend on the ground painting the target, uh, and then you go in with the eclipse, and then you you do that precision strike or whatever. Do you think well, they so, do that, or would they rather have that in the ship itself? So here's the other reason why. And again, rule of cool. Who knows how this all plays out in a video game? But in real life. The reason why you laser designate a target with with the forward-looking infrared uh, lasers is, number one, because it's a convoy of two or three vehicles uh, that you, it's like, okay, there's three vehicles that are driving around in mm -hmm. Afghanistan or whatever, and these, the, you know, the CIA has said, okay, we pinged this guy's phone. We know that the target that we want to kill is in the second car of a three-car convoy, and you paint it from the side of a mountain from a mile away as they're driving around, and when the bomb is dropped from the aircraft, it's dropped from 
whatever, 30,000 feet, mm-hmm. they never see or hear anything. The plane never sees or hears right. the convoy of three. So that fits this, what you're seeing on the screen, 0%. Number mm-hmm. one, he's hitting basically a small town. Mm-hmm. And number two, he's flying about four feet off the ground. So like right, right, none right. of the reason, none of the use case for a real life, why you would use a, a laser designator mm-hmm. for there. this execution is here, but it's cool. It so cool. maybe. Yeah. Well, J2 says that he, he, he says <clears throat> that no, actually you can tell the guy's probably just looking at the ships. I, for me, if they were to do something like that, Abdi, where they made it, uh, if you relied on someone on the ground to paint a target, it would be to make sure that you hit, you know, a hundred percent. I don't think they'll ever make it completely dependent upon that. Uh, you know, I mean, th- there may be I, some room uh, for error if you do it from your cockpit, but if you have somebody on the ground, but that uh, again, you know, we're just talking. Imagine experience this loop though. Well, even like if you yeah. played the battlefield series, mm-hmm. Battlefield 4, Battlefield 3, mm-hmm. I think, also had this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the new one, I think, has it as well, where mm-hmm. you just, like, if you're the engineer or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you pop down your little, uh, you know, your little, uh, like, targetable uh, painting laser right. guidance system or whatever. But that becomes its own thing now that is on the map, and people can find it and shoot it down. And right. that, that is, a like, a thing that people will have to look for. Mm-hmm. And um, one, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just curious, like, if that's something that CIG would like to invest in, to have, like, a, a new question. little, like, you know, a new little uh, deployable uh, laser target painter. And with E-War and all that kind of stuff going on, like, how that would fit into that loop. Mm. So another thing to keep in mind, uh, Griff, is you may see a mission loop or a whole series of mission loops where they say, like, hey, these are the equivalent of um um ERT missions mm-hmm. that are made for on foot where mm. you as an on foot player are basically playing you know force recon mm-hmm. or delta force and you're sneaking into a location to paint the target and the actual aircraft that's dropping the munition is an npc it could literally be mm-hmm. you have this difficult to the point of almost being a suicide mission uh you know on foot play mm-hmm. and your job is to sneak in not be noticed paint mm-hmm. the target and sneak, sneak out, out and that's it like the the, the 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 plane itself is not even a player yeah. i mean those are all Options, possibilities. possibilities who knows yeah. all possibilities who knows that's good <laughs> Okay. But damn, that's a sexy ship. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's it like is. this ship and the uh the ships that no one likes anymore. Uh from uh um from uh Crusader. The Oh the A the, the Aries. The, 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 the flying guns. Yeah. Those yes. like those these three ships have like really sweet designs. Yep. Yeah. Those though if it's gonna it's the fearsome foursome, it would be that ship. It would be the Ion and the Inferno, and it would be the uh, the X-Wing. Those are the four sexiest-looking <laughs> ships in the entire game. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, let's take a look at, uh, we're gonna look at our second video here from Ray from Ray's Guide again. Uh, I love the, this dude. The, the this Colonel dude. Sanders, his Colonel so, Sanders. So, no, no, that's not his accent. He normally doesn't do the Colonel Sanders voice. He just did it for that video. I was like, I yeah, didn't no. want to make fun of it just no, in case no, no, it was no, legit, no, but no. I'm like, he does a well, character. I'm a hyperspace chicken. That, no, that's his, no. That, that's his character that he does, but no, his yeah. name is Daniel yeah. Raymond, but he'll do that Ray thing. Uh, just he he normally fun. comes in and he's like, hi, I'm Ray yeah. from Ray's Guide. He sounds just that's, like that's that freaking hilarious right. i love it but he happened to do he happened to do both of these with his southern drawl thing, oh so. he's doing it again yeah wow. yeah okay so this <laughs> here one here we go let's do it yeah for those of you who are interested in bombing with the a2 he talks about the different types of bombing so if you really want to know some more about bombing if you've only done one of them or two of them he's got some really good stuff here so let's take a look at that one hey there this is ray with ray's guy giving you the first look inside the Hercules Starlifter A2, and I'm taking my first bombing run mission now that we have now got clearance to talk about this sort of thing with the public. And we're gonna stop by one of the moons. We're gonna uh, take some bombing runs at a neglected and unoccupied former Hurston facility. Hopefully uh, they will not take objection if I uh, am attacking an, uh, a decommissioned facility. I don't really wanna get a crime stat from just doing practice bombing runs, but it's good if you are practicing to have some sort of a target that you know so you can see if you're you're, you're doing accurate now traditionally there are three types of bombing runs there are hover bombing there is dive bombing and there is level bombing and we're going to be trying all three of those all three of these are supported by the hercules starlifter a2 we'll do hover bombing first since that's the easiest one and gives you the satisfaction of being able to watch your bomb as it goes all the way to the ground. Now you have noticed here I am bombing an unoccupied facility. I have tested this against enemy facilities and have found that this is not as easy as it sounds because enemy air defenses will see your bombs, they will attack your bombs, and they will destroy your bombs just like they would your torpedoes. So if you are entertaining fantasies of just taking over a base by bombing it to, to smithereens from orbit, you're going to be disappointed. You are going to, still going to have to do the dirty work of clearing out the air defenses with something like the underbelly guns on this A2. So what we're going to do is we are going to try to fly straight over it, straight over our target, and then tip ourselves down, then roll over so our pitch that is right there at minus 90 degrees, and you will see a couple things. First, you will notice that once I get within sight of the ground, I will get a white circle. The large white circle is where my nose would hit the ground if I just continued going forward. It is me pointing straight forward. As I get closer and point more down, I will also see a red circle. The red circle is where my bombs will hit if I simply let go of them at my current location and speed and, and whatnot. So for hover bombing, my task is going to be to put my white circle on top of my red circle and then release the bomb. So there's my white circle. I notice I got the, white, the large white circle as soon as I switched to bombing operator mode. Now you can see the red circle peeking in. So I'm trying to get my red circle and my white circle and my target all in the same spot. But I'm just going to release it anyhow so you can see what. If I really was caring about it hitting, hey, I would have it be right on top of each other. Now you can see the white triangle. That's my bomb making its way down to the surface. 
taking its time. Now you will see on the to the right of the two circles, there is the altitude indicator of the bomb. And you will see how it is inching its way down. Now the important thing is I want to stay at least a kilometer and a half away from this bomb in order to not take any splash damage from it. Because this bomb will have splash damage and quite a considerable circle uh, circuit of it. So being a kilometer and a half away is a good idea. Very good idea. Getting closer. Just be patient here. Another few seconds as we can see it altimeter inching its way down. Getting ready. Just a little bit more. You can also see that my bomb does appear in my radar as that red X. We can see it heading towards the ground as well. So I get two indications of the bomb, the red X on the radar and the spinning triangle. And there's my explosion. Nice and satisfying, right in the middle of the red circle as it should have. So now we're going to try a switch around and we're going to try to do a dive bombing. A dive bombing, you want to have a little bit of momentum because you're going to be adding your momentum to the momentum of the bomb. But gravity will always be taking a little bit of that energy and deflecting the bomb a little bit. So you won't have, so the goal isn't to perfectly line up your circle with the ground but to overshoot it a bit so that you see uh you're aiming a little bit beyond where the red you beyond your target but hopefully putting the red circle on top of your target before you release so here we go we're coming in close you see the white target see the white circle see the red red circle now red circle is coming the red circle is over the bombing area so i let loose and then get the heck out of here because I am too low for comfort as far as I'm concerned. But I'm digging up. You can see my bomb in the radar. It's still heading down. But because I'm doing dive bombing, it is now well behind me. And unless I had someone peeking out the back door or in the turrets, they won't actually be able to see the, um, the bomb hit. So that's dive bombing. Something to recommend about all this kind of bomb, all three types, is you're going to want to practice before you ever do it in a live situation. And you're going to want to have a spotter plane following you because in most of these situations you won't be seeing your bomb hit so now we're going to switch around and do level bombing now for level bombing the first step is to put your white circle right over the target and then you press and hold down the t key for targeting you press and hold down the t key and then you're going to see something happen you're going to get a new circle a third circle that's a green circle that shows the area that your targeting computer now has locked in. And so you're gonna to wanna to come a distance away, you line up, and you wanna put the top end of that dotted line right on your crosshairs. And then as it comes in, just see and listen to what's happening. I'm getting a little bit further away and getting a nice level approach. Coming a distance away. Now I'm going 
going to come up to a nice level out, out attitude. Right now I'm about 30, 40 degrees. As I do, the green circle will disappear below my field of vision. This is where having that bombing operator station will be handy because he will have a better and different field of view than a pilot does on the A2. Okay. Bring it up. The elevation is zero. Set my cruise control to on. And now I'm keeping my yaw right there, targeted on the little circle. Put the little dot on the little circle. You can see the other dotted flashing light. And now I'm coming up with a nice, easy, steady approach I'm looking for. I'm gonna try to line it up as I do so. Level it right a bit more. Here comes our targeting circle, edging your way up. You can hear the audio clues getting louder and faster. Now it's time to release. Bombs away. Now again, it would be nice if I could see what's gonna actually happen, but I won't of course because I'm still keeping my nice level of approach. This is where it's going to come in handy to have either the bomber station and also come in handy to have a spotter plane as you're practicing. Because this is a skill that make no doubt about it is going to take practice. Now I'm going to come around. Notice I did not have to retarget. I'm going to come around for a second bombing run here. Okay, coming in on my last bombing run, I got things nice and level, 2,400 meters, straight on. Gotta set my cruise control to have a nice steady approach. Here comes the bombing circle. Audio click starting. Now this time I'm going to turn around and see if I can get a good view for your sakes of seeing the bomb hit the ground. Bombs click, bombs away. You can see the bomb on the radar. Now I'm going to turn it around and see if I can get a good view of the bomb hitting the ground. You can see the red circle there. And the triangle for the bomb. Now the red circle isn't where the bomb's going to hit now because uh, because I launched the bomb and I made all sorts of changes in my, my current speed and direction. So none of those affect the bomb, but all of them would affect where the uh, a bomb would land if I hit, uh, if I, where a bomb would land if I unleashed it now. And there's the, kaboom. That feels nice, isn't that? So again, this is going to be something you're going to probably need to want to take some practice on doing it. Probably want to do it in daylight instead of night. But I thought that the nighttime bomb run highlighted the uh, user interface elements a little better than if they were 
uh, needed to be seen against a bright background. Flash save, keep it real, and I'll see you in the verse. This is Ray for Ray's Guide. Okay, so that was Ray. Uh, Abdi, he were grinning some of the times while he was talking. Was it just his way he was delivering, or was there things that were resonating with you? Uh, just the way he was delivering, man. Like I, I, I was just noticing after a while, I was not even hearing the Southern accent because it just was like, oh, this is just happening. And I was like fully absorbed in what he was talking about. And that to me was just funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So he showed us some different uh -huh. techniques. Uh, and, and like he said, you definitely need to practice. You cannot go out in the A2 and just do that because you, you have to get used to managing your height. Uh, your speed, your angle of attack. Uh, and then mm -hmm. again, depending on what type of bombing you want to do is another factor as well. Bombing, uh, it's interesting. I, 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 Kai, have you had anybody bomb you yet? Because as many times I've jumped jump town, I was yeah. fortunate. I never had anybody come over with an A2 and bomb us while we were doing it. Did you ever have anybody bomb you while you were playing? In Star Citizen, no. Okay, you haven't. Okay, yeah, yeah. Please, I, it's Star Citizen. Yeah, we aren't talking about real I know, life. Right. <laughs> I know, I know. You've been through some real life experiences. Abdi, what about you? Have you had somebody get bombed you in Star Citizen? I have been bombed in in Star Citizen. There was like an A two battle above me, and I thought I could sneak in and and get the uh, the illicit material <laughs> while they were fighting. <laughs> oh god, they were fighting. Yep, and then uh, and then apparently that fight ended, and one of them prevailed. Oh wow! And uh, I got I got cut up in the aftermath of it. So oh boy, um, it it's it's kind of jarring because it's like I don't know. Like I think the way that explosions are implemented now are definitely not you know final version. Right, right, right. But oh, like God. it happens and you're just like, oh, I'm dead now. Okay. Were, were you were you inside the building or outside? I was outside. I was outside. I was outside heading towards my ship. Okay, and could somebody tell me? Maybe you guys can or chat. If you're inside a building and someone drops a bomb, are you protected or no? Mm, no, I think the building the, the building is a is an indestructible so I would think you're well concussion could they said safe okay captain jones says you're safe yeah okay yeah. all right I mean it would what would be an interesting so I think would be an interesting series of test cases is try it where you're standing outside mm -hmm. the bomb falls and the second right before it falls you jump <laughs> through the doorway now with the doorway open with the doorway closed i would love to see a series of scientific experiments <laughs> designed to like where exactly is the the magical you know harry potter fairy dust of you yeah. know you're, i'm safe i'm inside and it's like dude you're in a little teeny shack or you're in a <laughs> you know because i mean for sure in a ground vehicle not safe not safe yeah you know? yeah but in a in a in a you know it could be there's a little teeny tiny shack at a poi and it's like but this counts as a building so safe <laughs> there you go you're safe okay. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing from watching this video other than the foghorn leghorn mm -hmm. uh <laughs> sort of you know delivery uh -huh. is uh as he starts to explain it and he's like okay method one stop directly above your target hover there Rotate 90 degrees facing towards the ground mm -hmm. and drop your bomb. I, I'm just imagining NPCs, two, two NPCs, <laughs> two guards looking up. Hey, Phil, what's that guy doing <laughs> right above us? I don't know, but he's now pointing his nose at us. <laughs> hey, what? There's a door opening beneath his ship. Oh, no. Like, it's literally. That's why you do it at it night. Is, <laughs> It is just literally so ludicrous. I mean, yeah. the United States 
Army Air Force in 1930 mm -hmm. was implementing the Norden bomb system. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, as we've talked about with landing, mm -hmm. that is incomplete. The yeah. whole landing system mm -hmm. is incomplete. There mm -hmm. needs to be a camera underneath. And as you fly in and approach, you see your approach and whatever. Yeah. Obviously, as bombing he talks matures about as a loop, mm -hmm. there needs to be either, as he says in the video, there needs to either be for the pilot or whatever, if it's a single vehicle, uh, you need to have a bomb site, like mm -hmm. the Norden bomb site, or for the larger, you need to have a bombardier station mm -hmm. where the guy is controlling it and doing stuff. It's just yeah. hilarious well, right now well, what at, you do. At the very end of the video, he goes up to where the bombing station. Mm -hmm. For those of you who have an A2, you guys know that the station is there. It just hasn't, like you said, it hasn't been implemented yet. I'm looking forward to that because I, you know, don't get me wrong. It, it is cool to be able to fly and bomb, right? But you're right. Unless you have the screens there to give you information and data, uh, it's really difficult. And, and, and those of you who have done these bombing techniques, you do know that it takes a little bit to do the bombing. So... I do mm -hmm. want the automated systems to uh, to be in. Let's, let, before we get to the no, A2, I, go ahead, go ahead. Go oh ahead. yeah, we have, yeah. We, no, no, I'm sorry. We, you're you're right. We haven't gotten to the A2 yet. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that. Let's let's go ahead and finish up a couple of these other ones real quick. Let's talk about the retaliator. Abby, would you read that one for us, please? I would love to. Yeah, the Aegis Dynamics Retaliator has landed. One of the United Empire Earth's most powerful warbirds, the Retaliator was designed as a fearsome weapons platform designed to strike and kill capital ships. A key portion of the UEE's power projection, Retaliator squadrons have served with distinction against outlaws, the Vandal, and elsewhere. The base version of the Retaliator is customizable with additional modules to fit your needs. What do we got for our types and sizes on that one? Oh yeah, we got the uh, we got uh, six of the Argos nine size nine uh, size nines. Yes, yeah, size nine. It's really big. Um, so much. You know, That's so much. One of the cool things, and I've never seen this in the Harbinger, and I've been told that it does work. I love watching the animation of these things when they're dropped. Oh, it's you know, so cool. I haven't seen it in the Harbinger because I'm never in the back. I've been in the front, so I'm never back there to watch it. But I have been in the Retaliator and watched when they come out. And it is so cool when that takes place. Thank you for that. Hey, sub. go Mab. Go Mab. We appreciate that. I love. Uh, hey, thanks for the subscription. I love watching that, the whole animation and everything when that drops. Uh, Kai, any thoughts about the Retaliator? I have not had a lot of experiences myself. Really? Um, okay. I, there's so many ships in the game True. to play True. with and yeah. to do stuff with. True. Um, so, like, it's not that I have never been in one, but mm -hmm. I just haven't had, like, a whole lot of experiences. Mm -hmm. It's it's a cool ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see That's, a lot of influences I mean, in it, right? In the design, I, mean, I, I fell in love with it oh when yeah. I first saw it. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, a big B, B, B2, B1, B1B fan uh, mm -hmm. and was like, this is so cool. I remember when it was really funky to fly to uh, the, the VTOL <laughs> aspects on this in the beginning were just it, it incredibly funky, uh, but it has it gotten has a, better. Mm -hmm. It does have also a little bit of a look kind uh, in some ways. It has a little bit of a. Remember the old Clint Eastwood Firefly? Oh, the Firefox. 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 Yeah, Firefox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's got a little of that to mm -hmm. it too, where it's 
Mm-hmm. It is a sexy looking shit. Like, I know people are probably getting tired of hearing me say this tonight, <laughs> but it's like, Star Citizen makes good looking ships, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Abdi, you flown it? Uh, I've flown it, and I've flown in it. I don't own it, mm-hmm. but uh, thanks to Soul Citizens, um, during Xenothreat, I've I've got to have uh, quite a bit of experience in this ship, and I, I it it hasn't been enough to be like, oh man, I shouldn't have you know gotten a, a Vanguard Harbinger. This is just too much mm-hmm. ship for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, damn, this is a fun ship to take out, and yeah. like, just like wreck some javelins and you know or uh, not javelins but idrises yeah you know mm. people people fly it solo i've you know known people to fly it solo but it is definitely the ship to be crewed now partially people yeah. flew it solo because the turrets were so horrible in it for the longest time and even mm. if you had people in there the turrets were just they were just you're just it was a waste almost uh but people still could the pilots still could fire off those size nines you know and in six size nines right no joke right um joke. but mm-hmm. one of the things that is that i do like about it is that the turrets are now much better we don't mm-hmm. have the type of gameplay though that demands that people like you just mentioned this earlier kai that people like people will jump into a hammerhead and man that you mm-hmm. don't get a lot of that with this ship yet just because the purposes the mission purposes aren't there enough yet uh but there mm-hmm. are people who do enjoy taking it out and flying again xeno threat was one of those times where i saw people it's break this out to be able to what are the xeno threat stats they had xeno threat stats for what ships people used i feel mm-hmm. like tally was really up there mm-hmm. it was um, yep. it was yeah yep 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 so unique ship i like it a lot uh it sleeps uh six but has room for seven so somebody's going to get left behind um it also has that unique engineering station that we have yet to figure out how that's going to work whether that works as a like you were saying kai i don't know if it's a more of a bombardier area in the back because i don't know what an engineer would do back there but it's midship it's back there where the torps are um so i am curious to see what ultimately happens with that but the retaliate and modularity this is one of those ships that is Uh very unique in the sense of that not only does it uh work as a bomber it works as a cargo ship it works as a troop transport and it works as a has a living quarters and some other stuff in it for transporting people. We know CIG began working on the modules for this last year. They they put a halt on it for a little bit because we were kind of hopeful that we would have seen it this year. But um, people are anticipating uh, that this will be an interesting modular ship uh, that CIG has. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty, listen, we're almost there, guys. We're gonna go to the uh, the big daddy now. Uh, Kai, I'll let you. Uh, why don't you read this one? The A-2 gunship has been used to devastating effect in airborne assaults, search and rescue operations, and landing initiatives. With more than double the firepower of the M-2 and a custom bomb bay capable of delivering a staggering payload, the A-2 caters to anyone hauling massive amounts of cargo through potentially unfriendly skies. And as you call this the Big Daddy Griff, I think it's appropriate that this Big Daddy has a complement of four Moab size tens. Uh, yeah, this is this is this thing is the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a pretty devastating uh, uh ship. Uh, Kai, you've flown it, flown uh, in one mess style. Hey, thank you, mess style. Appreciate that. Thank you. For it that. it hey, is for the a fantastic ship. I do not own it. Mm-hmm. I own the C two. Okay. Uh, 
I. Oh, okay. I, I'll 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 just us, say this briefly without it. I, I don't want to make it weird. <laughs> I personally, just from life experiences, am not fond of the bomb, bomb loop, bomber okay. loop. I've I've seen things that make you. me unhappy with not unhappy, but just it's not for me. Mm -hmm. I you. like. I want to do big ships mm -hmm. carrying cargo mm -hmm. or mining or doing industrial stuff mm -hmm. or maybe even a hospital kind of thing, whatever. That's cool. Uh, if it comes to combat ships, mm -hmm. I want to be flying small ships that shoot at other ships. I don't. Bombing's just not for me. Okay. But it's very cool that it's there for people who enjoy that aspect of the game. And it is a vital part of the ecosystem of of uh sort of aircraft combat mm -hmm. so it's 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 awesome that it's there but yeah let me, well let me but go it's to, very let, cool though let me go to something you're saying kai because you know when, first of all there's this feeling of you know bigger guns bigger devastation but but to a certain degree there's a dynamic that says the more devastation the greater the responsibility and accountability and <laughs> and finance right i mean it sounds great but you know to buy these bombs you're spending forty thousand auec to restock uh -huh. this ship which is no in the beginning it's no big deal right but um is this going to be more specialized than people think because i mean i mean it, first of all it's an expensive ship in, in you know with, yep. with cash it ain't cheap this thing is like 700 bucks right in game, mm -hmm. it's going to be fairly expensive. And then to operate it is going to be fairly expensive. It's not like the C2 and M2 that have the easy access rear gate either. It's narrow in the back. You can bring stuff in in the front, but that getting stuff in and out is not the same level of speed mm -hmm. as you have on the other two Hercules ships. So will this ship end up being a little bit more specialized? Because, I mean, it ain't like you're going to take this ship out and be your daily flyer. You know what I mean? It, what do you think, Abdi? Yeah. What do you think? This is a, this is an, to me, my opinion, this is an org event ship mm -hmm. or like an org, like, well, I mean, a lot of people probably own it. Um, but I think in terms of it, like, if you're com comparing it to the M2C2, I, I would think that this is probably on the bottom of that list in terms of like ranking in terms of how many people have it. Mm -hmm. it is that fair? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but, um, well, I think so. I think it's that, just so I think the price, well, I think the price factor is a huge factor, right? The C2, you know, for people who are into the whole idea of the big cargo and wanting to move stuff, they love it. The people mm -hmm. who want that military side of going in with combat but still have that flexibility of cargo, they go to that mm -hmm. M2, right? They're willing to compromise mm -hmm. a little cargo space for the extra weapons and armor. But this ship, <clears throat> as powerful as that Moab is, as you mentioned, Kai, it's still, unless it's manned, it's vulnerable to me. There's right. nothing on the top of this ship to help you out, really. Now, I mean, not to the degree that you really need it if you're out there by yourself. If this ship isn't escorted, it better be fully manned. And you better have a darn good pilot that can fly this thing, right. too. Well, and here's that and, that and an operator and an org to fund you. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, uh, what Captain uh, No Pants is saying, like, if you're if you're going to be doing like, hey, contract me out, 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you have, you have to have a revenue source coming in that makes it worth it mm-hmm. where you're not doing like, Oh, um, like this event will only get me like 10,000 or 25,000. Like if you're using one of those Moabs, you got to think about the, like the pricing and everything like that. It's got to make sense. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that, so this right now, I think is a showpiece for org minded, like, you know, group minded players of saying like, Hey, I have this, you're, you're, you're a handful of Milsim people that want to show off like absolute devastation mm-hmm. at the at the expense of stupid costs of like okay this is just i can't think of right now and maybe even for the next several years i cannot think of a target that is large enough <laughs> and valuable enough that mm-hmm. that moab at its crazy cost would make sense as opposed to using the size nines that you get mm. on the on the 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 the, 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 the b2 stealth bomber mm. you know so it's like it's one of those things where it's like i think but I, I i do think that down the line eventually five years eight years ten years from now and i'm talking several years after the game is released mm-hmm. you will see some system somewhere outside of UEE space that some massive org has like eight mining facilities in a like a huge and then like a huge area, whatever and then then okay <laughs> there's maybe a call for that okay. weapon okay <laughs> I mean like we were talking about it before though like that is that is a serious like and if you're if you're being serious about it like a very good use of it but people like the memes you know people like putting Mm -hmm. stuff up on on reddit people like putting stuff up on twitter i don't know if those are old right now or dating me but like people people like getting the clips where it's like we took out all of jump town or we took out this org that was having some type of meeting or something where they were just like looking at all their ships and we came in and we just meme destroyed all of them with our you know a2 or whatever Mm -hmm. and god forbid i mean mean, like people People will do it. People, I mean, people have done it. People are doing it. So, like, I yeah, but I people think... are doing it. People are doing it at what cost right now? The, there's no yeah. cost. That's the yep. difference. And we it's can funny see, money. We can see CIG is slowly yeah. building in factors. You know, for every action, a reaction, right? And, right. and so, right. if they're willing <laughs> to risk, and we don't know what those risks may be. Obviously, when we're in UEE space, we know what some of those risks may be, right? But one of the big things that we don't have happen in the game yet, still to this point, is dynamic response to things that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't know, you know, with that ratio of nine to one, when something happens, it may not be that person's orc that comes after them. It may be a serious group of NPCs that comes after the person, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you could just fly in and do what you want to do and, you know, ha, 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 and yeah. leave, but... I, that's not, it uh, won't always be the case. Exactly. Like, like I, like the crime stat that you get, like, let's say in the future, the way that this works is it can actually like destroy a base with the people inside of it and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you got like 10 NPCs in there, you just got a crime stat. That's like, you're going to, you're going to need some serious work to take off. You know, Mm -hmm. like there, there are going to be like reasons why. I mean, like, as you were saying, like the, the game will evolve and will continue to evolve to make this, you know, there are, there are reasons in game why you might not want to, to get in this mess. Yeah. Imagine if I, key cards automatically start becoming based upon your crime stat. 
So in other mm. words, the Tiger Claw will only get rid of a level one or level two, but a level three and four, you got to go get this other crime stat. You know, I'm just saying, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that they could do to make mm -hmm. when you pick up crime stats, not just as simple as going in and hitting a bunch of buttons and everything's gone, you know. But anyway, and there's also, go ahead. <clears throat> there's also, you know, crime stat one, you know, is, hey, my my ship got stuck and they told me hey leave the leave the takeoff area <laughs> and my ship was literally stuck in geometry so i couldn't so i got a crime stat. Mm -hmm. what you're talking here is on the level of like isis it's like hey you just like, mass murdered people mm -hmm. like there's a huge difference between yeah. a parking ticket mm -hmm. and mass murder yeah uh, so Good like point. who knows if you may be in a situation where it's like, yeah, your your crime stat was cleared, but these 15 towns and these eight systems won't even let you approach their planet anymore. Like, yeah. who knows how all that's going to Where are you going to get new bombs? Well, yeah. And to your point, they even did that. Remember when they did that with the bubble? When you raised up the uh, freaking interdiction thing, it would, yeah. it would flag you with a crime stat if you did it. I mean, there's a lot mm. of stuff that they can come up with to, again... You know, keep the game, play fun, keep it, but, you know, at the same time, put those right guardrails in to keep balance in the game, but not to a point where people are restricted. If they choose to do it, repercussions come along with it. That's that's the where big we're thing. At, where we're at right now, so early in alpha, or so mid mm -hmm. in alpha, whatever, I you're going to get people who are like, Hey, I put it on, you know, the bomb camera mm -hmm. and followed the bomb all the way down. Look, I dropped a Moab on some guy's head as he was walking around mining. <laughs> and it's like, you know, but but after release, mm -hmm. I I think the use case for that goes away for several years. Yeah. 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 I, I hope so. I mean, like to me that that's that and, and I don't mean to make it like uh to make the A2 um like inval like make it something that no one actually wants i want i want it to just be a decision mm -hmm. not just like for the memes mm -hmm. but like there's a real use case here mm -hmm. and if you're gonna do it and you're gonna be wait. A, cri a criminal warlord about it mm -hmm. like you you have that's part of your game loop yeah. you know the weird places that you're gonna have to go to to get more bombs it's not gonna be crusader mm -hmm. it's gonna be some weird asteroid where it's super shady and you might get shot down or something like that mm -hmm. but like you know the risks and you're you're willing to take that i, I i'm looking forward to that if you want to be Osama bin Laden, you never get to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken again. <laughs> okay, on, on that note, on that That's note, the Polaris. Uh, the Polaris is a nimble Corvette-class capital ship that packs a powerful punch with full armament of turrets and torpedoes intended for use as both a naval port patrol ship and to serve as a flagship of the militia operations. The Polaris has the capacity to perform search and rescue operations like strike missions, general security patrols. The Polaris includes the facilities to repair, rearm, and refuel a single fighter, light bomber, or support ship. Now this one, we don't know the type that's going to be on there, but we do know that there will be size 10s and there are 10 of them. 10 size 10s. That's at the current price, which is not the correct price. Don't forget y'all, these prices y'all got are not real. But currently, if the Polaris was in game, it would cost you 100,000 to restock your ship. It's with size 10s. Uh, yeah. Polaris, the ship that a lot of people want to see. And again, these are torpedoes in here uh, on, on this particular ship. And this ship has always been 
depicted as that ship that would be a great escort ship for some of the larger ships like an Idris or a Javelin. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think, again, about the Polaris? Uh, I, you know, we can talk about the Polaris and Theorycraft all we want, but we do know it's one of those Gib ships because it's been around since, I think, 2016 is when we first <laughs> so, heard about it. Mm-hmm. So this ship, uh, I think... I, I envision much more clearly the use case for this ship than I do big, massive bombers. It's like, okay, you need to have some big, massive targets on the ground to make it in any way valid use case. Mm-hmm. But big, massive torp ships, this is very seriously, very clearly meant to be a capital-class hunter. This ship is meant in, in the in the sort of uh microcosm of all or ecosystem of all of the other large ships this is part of that equation you throw one of these and say a squadron of ions at you know uh an idris Mm -hmm. and you're in a situation where okay it has a use case that i can get my head around very easily Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, i i think this is an awesome ship and uh, I can't wait to see them, and I can't wait to, because while this is so formidable in its use case against capital ships, mm-hmm. I think it's also going to be a ship that needs a fighter escort of its own because it's going to be vulnerable to the little piranhas nipping at it. And so I, I can't wait to be in one going up against a bigger boy. And I can't wait to be going against him as the bigger boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Abdi, when you look at that picture there, man, it's like four or five torps coming off that thing. Uh, 50,000 <laughs> torpedoes, 40,000 in torpedoes gone. Just like that. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Because ordinances, yeah. uh, particularly ships that, that are using uh, ballistic, any type of, you know, not, not energy weapon, um, <clears throat> who makes the call on how many of those you use? Is it the, if you're the person, I, I, I don't know how Polaris is laid out, so I don't know if there's a weapon station. I'm assuming there may be that there's an actual person who does, you know, ordinances from there. Maybe it's yeah. the pilot. But, you know, on your ship, if you're the captain, who's going to be the one to determine fire torpedoes, you know, or will you leave it up to the person who's piloting the ship to, to do that? I think whoever has the best visibility of what's happening, uh, you know, in the battlefield, because you don't want to launch four torpedoes right after a countermeasure went off, because that's mm. a wasted 40,000 or whatever you just said. So mm. probably, I, I don't know if the person who's la- launching ordnance will have that view. Mm-hmm. Is that typical? I, I'm not, a, again, I'm not a big military guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the person who's usually launching the ordnance also has the view of the battlefield the same way. Mm-hmm. Or if it's something where it's like, oh, you have like a like the captain of the ship has like that big battlefield view and it's like okay all right launch missiles now like now is the time to uh, you know mm-hmm. communicate well, tell you, different roles i could tell you in reality the way it works every time i've seen captain kirk leans back and says fire two <laughs> torpedoes and then the guy goes hi captain and does it yeah right okay. so i mean like that that makes sense i guess you would want someone who probably who owns the ship mm-hmm so they they're the person that like uh is going to be re restocking it mm-hmm. they're the person who's going to be in charge of that you probably want that person being the person who calls the shots uh you know like uh for for whoever's launching the ordinance yeah okay uh, to me that makes sense that makes sense okay all right fair enough 
All right, the last but not least, believe it or not, this one makes our list too when it comes down to this. And this one's a man, talk about hitting your wallet here. Uh, Abdi, Abdi, why don't you go ahead and read that one for us? Sure. Designed for use by the UEE military, the Javelin is a massive modular capital ship that can be appro appropriated for entrepreneurial use. With a detailed interior, plenty of modular room options, and a high crew capacity, the Javelin is a ship that has made a name for itself in a variety of roles. That's not the description that I expected for the Javelin. Yeah, go ahead and tell those stats. Well, it's got a count of 32 <laughs> PXT12 Apex uh, Torps that are size 12. <laughs> That's ludicrous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That for, it's good for that for a ship like that. That's what you want. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, you know we've seen this the, is a city. Yeah, we we've seen the javelin uh, in game, and uh, I, I guess I want to ask this for those of you who've done uh, Nine Tails and and had encounters with the javelin. Does this fire torps yet in game? And anybody in chat want to tell me, please do. Kai, do you know if it fires torps? We know that Idris does the use guns. his cannon. I've seen yeah. it use the big guns. Yep. No. Okay, Pop says no. I haven't seen it, Torp. Okay, Pop says no. no. Um, all right, so does Captain No Pants. Okay, and, and I'm just kind of curious because I know we don't have size 12s in the game yet, but I was just kind of curious whether or not, I had not seen any NPC ships, not, at least none of these fire missiles, uh, and so I, I was just kind of curious whether or not the javelin was firing torpedoes and so I mean, turrets only. Thank you, Captain Jones. Okay. Yeah, it, it's got a gun that could shoot through Port Olisar, so I don't think it needs torps <laughs> at this point. <laughs> when it gets them, though, that's going to be fun yeah. to see. I'm going to look at those YouTube videos and be like, I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, Kai, you mentioned earlier about the devastation of a, of, a, of the MOAB, right? Uh, and, and what will be the real application? Because you know, right now people are dropping them because, you know, we like to just see things explode. But when we talk about really strategically, uh, logistically using weapons of that size, obviously you only use those weapons of that size when, when it's called for or deemed necessary. So uh, the Javelin we see as a size 12. And um, do you think that with bombs, we'll see bombs that will exceed the current Moab or the size 10 Colossus? Or do you think that that will be pretty much... CIG will kind of keep it there. What are your thoughts on that? I pray to God not. I think the Moab is already maybe a little too big, but yeah, <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, I think yeah, by you're the way, see people, torps people, I was extend say, farther say this real than bombs. Let me say this real quick. By the way, the question has come before <laughs> we ever have nukes in the game and they've told us no. So yeah. Kai, to your point, okay. I think this could be the max, you know, of what we would, what we would see. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, literally, a Moab is already at the bottom end of a small tactical right. nuke in, in the amount of mm -hmm. devastation that it brings. Right. Uh, it makes more sense for me, obviously, for torpedoes and capital class ship weaponry and ordnance to be larger because there's larger targets to fairly shoot it at. Mm -hmm. I think if I were to be the one to have written the ex the uh the explanation or the the description of the javelin it would have been designed to make your wallet cry. Mm -hmm. 
this <laughs> this asset will make your EPIN over yeah. nine thousand. Yeah. So when you yeah when you come across something like that. As a player, you're like, yes, give me bigger torps. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, unless at some point they introduce basically that like a, a, a nine tails version of the Jawa, <laughs> like the, the their their little Winnebago mm -hmm. that's like eighty stories tall. Mm -hmm. I don't see any reason for bigger bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that's kind of what I felt. I kind of felt like the size ten is sufficient you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, a base or something like that. Right. Uh, but you know, when we saw that going back to what we saw with the, uh, eclipse with that size nine, it brought a lot of devastation with that. And this thing has freaking size 12s. Um, so are we looking at, you know, obviously ships like this going against like the King ship, cause I, you know, you, you fire a size 12, it sounds great, but the odds are it's going to miss something that's relatively small in size unless it's just sitting stationary right um because it has to be a pro and con for even using that size 12. i thought someone correct me if i'm wrong in chat did i hear some place where cig or somebody quoted some price for the size 12. if you guys may remember they did a sneak peek a couple of years ago of a size 12 in a warehouse it was sitting up on some boxes and, and you could see it it said it was the size 12. Oh. i've never seen it since then but I thought I heard that something like size 12 was going to run something like 40,000 a pop. Something a size like 12 torp? Yes. <clears throat> yes. I think... Uh, Does anybody remember think... that picture of the size 12? It was a sneak peek a couple years ago. I mean, that sounds... I feel like that sounds... I, I can see that price going up. Yeah, right? that's on the low end. Yeah, I feel like 40, that's going up. For one? 40, yeah, 40,000 is on the low end, man. Okay. 40, yeah. Okay. Because I mean, like, this is the kind of thing you bring to a fight with the Death Star, right? Like, this is like, <laughs> like for a for an orbital platform, like this is this is something that you bring for that. This is not something you bring to fight a hammerhead. Yeah. Like, this is that's overkill, um, right? So I don't know. Like, th if this is like a like the big, bada boom, uh, you know, like big fighter uh, torp that you're going to be using. I feel like it should be expensive and you should feel the weight of it. As yeah, you citizen, you know I mean? citizen Kilroy is saying that the tens are a hundred thousand already. So really, you oh gotta, okay. if you oh figure, if you figure that's sort of two orders of magnitude, no, it wouldn't be orders of magnitude, but I would just say at the very least, double it each size up you go. So you're maybe talking about like 400,000. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. So like, cause this is a, the Javelin is a city, right? Is, oh yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. This thing, the, this thing like holds 80 like people. Elev, not, yeah, it's like freaking 80 yeah, people. Yeah, it has like the thing. shuttle on it kind of, right? Yeah, like that's huge. It's huge. So like, you know, how much does it cost to buy a city sized, you know, torpedo, I guess. Not I mean not city sized torpedo, yeah. but like a, a torpedo that would be used on a city sized ship. I feel like yeah. it would be something that you would be asking the mayor for the finances for, you know? <laughs> yeah, well Sir Sir Tagi says he remembers the image. It looked like a cruise missile. It was it was I remember them putting it out there. It was a size twelve. Uh and even if that is the cost, that the cost is a hundred thousand there's still 32 of these suckers on this thing. And it's, it's no small, lot. yeah, it's no small task uh, to restock this ship. Um, I do like people saying though, that this this would be something that you bring to fight a Vanduul King ship. Like to yeah. me, that makes sense. Cause the King ships are supposed to be like ludicrous big, right? Yeah. Like yep. huge. Yep. Um, so like that, I would love to see 
mouth that that freaking org battle or something not org battle because kingships aren't going to be something you can purchase right right no that's no. Duel. yeah that's just never you will duel. never be able to purchase no. them but just seeing being able to see it even in like uh in uh the single player squadron, squadron 42. 42 oh yeah yeah, yeah. to yeah. see it in squadron 42 to look out like a freaking window and see like you know an npc launch one of these suckers at a kingship i'd just be like just put that on youtube and watch on yeah. repeat you know that so to be so good. to be clear i don't i think cig has never even said ever ever that a kingship will appear in star citizen it is it's only been for squadron it is for squadron so 42 yeah but but i do up. strongly believe that at some point a year or two or three mm -hmm. after launch maybe you're gonna see an event much like where we have now where it's like you the, mm -hmm. the idris yeah you know the idris and the javelin and whatever i think you're gonna see some event where it's like get all your homies let's go because yeah. there's a kingship yeah. over there like freaking sink and, the bismarck right just like, yeah. yeah we're gonna hell go yeah. after that thing yeah that hell would be awesome yeah. Bro, does that does that lead to the natural next step of somebody capturing the king that ain't happening no. that ain't happening no, someone's gonna, someone gonna clip in they or something and be like i happen. own this kingship now no, no, they won't allow you won't even get near that sucker i guarantee you that captain burks is gonna find a way yeah we'll see hey. about that one yeah. yeah okay so that's it guys we've hit all of our our uh our bombers and our torpedoes in star citizen so far um i know i saw several good questions in the chat yeah, oh, we, yeah. we're yeah. going to we're going to take a look and see in fact uh what some people may have written in we've only got one question that oh, people I thought put I, into i saw pops well, and i thought there was yeah, another one well okay. pops put one in here but that's the only one we got here oh uh, okay. pops and spaces do you think we will get variants of bombs such as like a emp bomb uh some type of e-warfare and they have talked about that pops in the past that there will be you know they talked about it for the the tanks the tonks that there would be some different type of munitions and uh, they have talked about EMP. I don't know if there's any other. Kai, you kind of know a little bit more from a military standpoint. What are some other oh. options that we could get in relation to types of bombs? I know so you've got J J2 mentioned about the, um, <coughs> uh, not scatter, what do you call them? Uh, J2? Carpet? Carpet bombs. Yeah, yeah. I think the so A2 there's... holds 32 of those, or 64, 64 of those. So the, 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 the what they refer to those as cluster munitions Clusters, thank you like Clusters. the durandels yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got you've got the emp as as was already mentioned you've got things that are like uh high incendiary so mm -hmm. some mm. and then you've got the ones that are the, the the thing that they're talking about being used in ukraine now where the russians are are, are launching those bombs or whatever that uh they it, it's like it does a high explosion and then it like sucks all the oxygen uh and you know that's pretty oh, much yeah, like a yeah, war yeah. crime mm -hmm. uh we've, yeah I, we've created a lot of messed up ways to kill each other haven't we mm -hmm. yeah and then obviously you've got nukes which they've already officially said that's not happening right um i would love to see uh different things happen like embracing the sci-fi aspect of this to go with things that we don't have here because i i find bombs uh and, and saying hey let's make this as realistic as possible gets super depressing super quick mm -hmm. i would yeah. love to see <clears throat> uh really cool sci-fi e space e type of bombs where it's like 
This is a bomb that does absolutely no property damage, mm -hmm. but like absolutely destroys shields. Mm -hmm. This is, and then as yeah. EMP is, this one disrupts. This mm. one disrupts computers. <clears throat> Maybe you could have one where a data bomb. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That'd be well, dope. I mean, an EMP would already sort of do that. Yeah, I guess it yeah. would wipe. It would wipe everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's so many cool things that they could do with hey pops in space with the with the uh, subscription. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that they could do with the. Uh, um, just embracing the fact that it's 900 years in the future and it's sci-fi and they can do whatever the hell they want. What if they <clears throat> specifically had a bomb that like, uh, it released some gas that dispersed over an area and it, uh, like knocked everybody knocked out everybody or whatever. Out. <laughs> there's all that. kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there are some options there that CIG can go. I think the big thing is we're <clears throat> all excited about um, this part of the gameplay. The CIG expands in the area of those people who, because I'm in, I'm not a big um, dogfighter, you know, ace pilot kind of person, but I will definitely hook up with you with a squadron of bombers to go in and soften up some targets or, mm -hmm. you know, knock down the shields of an Idris or something so that the fighters can get in and do what they need to do. Definitely the stealth person that gets in and gets out and delivers the payload. So that's my big thing that I'm looking forward to. So yeah, bombers for me, if there's combat, that's my thing. I'm digging that. And Abdi, you're gonna have to give me, we have to go out in that Harbinger and test out uh, those rockets, pods and all that other stuff, the all right? Pods. Let's do it. They can be, they Let's can be it. kind of annoying. People were saying <laughs> like the, the fact that they don't track mm -hmm. can kind of suck. But like, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, um, I mean, if you're going for a stationary target or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, or something slower moving. Well, I want to test them out. So let's make a plan to do that. All right. How, how, that, about, a, how about a bomb that uh, it's a it's a small Pico on a ski board. <laughs> and then it just <laughs> literally <laughs> finds uh, little go-karts and then makes them explode. No, that's sideways. not the type of bomb. You want a Pico. That's you want, the Pico, the, tic, you want the, pic, the Pico the TikToks. It's just TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. You want one of those type of bombs. <laughs> oh, there you go. You want a sticky Pico? A sticky, yeah, you can drop it off <laughs> in somebody's uh, captain's quarters and leave, you know, a little gift for them. Okay. <laughs> I'm oh, just waiting. Yeah. I, I'm just waiting, and I said it earlier in the chat, but I, I, I'm waiting for the Drake Heavy Bomber, where it flies <laughs> oh in, God. it lands for just a second, they kick open the ramp on the back, and they just push out on a wagon like a big bomb, and then they take off again like they just laid an egg. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, I like oh that. Oh, my I God. I think that, that that sounds very fitting. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to wrap up the show for today. We've had a lot of great conversation. Uh, as you guys know, we have a merchandise store. If you guys want to support us, you can visit our merch store. Uh, the link will be popping up in just a second. It's probably scrolled by a million times already, but we've got all types of cool stuff. We really appreciate those of you who have bought some of the items and sent pictures in and showed a very nice, proud smile that you were digging the stuff that we have. So thank you guys so much. Uh, for the support and for those of you who followed tonight those of you who uh subscribed and gave gift subscriptions as always we really appreciate you folks as well you guys have always been just great supporters of our stream um what we got coming up this week uh abdi thursday can you talk about thursday night thursday night that's soul talk night uh so thursday nights at 9 p.m 
ET, uh, join Fastcart and uh, and the entire community as you as you uh, you ha- you can have your voice heard. It's a time to go over the the news of the week for Star Citizen. Um, you know, watch uh, Machinima stuff like that, uh, and it's it's just a good time. Uh, if you ever wanted to be on a Soul Citizens, that's that's a that's a Soul Citizens episode. That's a that's a time to do it because you can you can get in the Discord, hop in the Discord, mm-hmm. follow that link. And then uh, jump in the voice chat and and uh, be one of the many voices that adds to it. Yeah, so it's the roundtable, right? Okay. Oh yeah, it's a oh, good time. Yeah. Listen, oh, and yeah. on on Saturdays we have our Soul Voices, uh, which I get to host on Soul Voices. Uh, we have guests come in, and we get to talk about things that are on Spectrum and Reddit in the gaming industry. And you get to come in where on Thursday you sit at the roundtable with a group of folks. On Saturday you get to come talk to us one on one. We always love when you guys come in and support us on that one. Don't forget also on Saturdays, we are a part of Podset Saturdays, uh, which is our podcast on Saturday where we partnered up with uh, Paul Shelley with the Astro Pub. So if you come to Soul Voices at 3 p.m. Eastern, we send you right over to Paul Shelley for the captain's table at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then from there, you get to go over and see the hangout with the folks over at Relay at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you get to have a whole Saturday afternoon and evening of nothing but Star Citizen. Just something else to just make you go crazy for the weekend. So if you have an opportunity to check that out, uh, do so. And then next that's Sunday, the laundry block, right? That's the that's laundry block. That's the laundry block. block you doing, doing all your stuff around the house. And then finally, <laughs> on next Sunday, uh, we are going to be uh, doing our show called Passion for Fashion. For those of you people who love spending your AUEC in the store, buying clothes, buying armor, trying to look cool, putting on your sunglasses. Are you wearing Hell the yeah. pink shoes or the purple shoes or the, the brown boots or that that hooded cat, whatever it is, those t-shirts. If you're into that type of thing, if you're like me who I go in the store, dude, and I'm in there for like a freaking hour and I'm like, Griff, come on, let's go. I'm dude, I've got to finish getting my shoes. All right, if that's you, you guys can check in with us next Sunday where we're going to be talking about clothing and fashion in Star Citizen. Uh, other than that, that's it. I want to thank both of my wonderful co-hosts. We have Abdi here, who's back. Abdi, thanks again. Happy birthday to that little baby of one year next week. We'll be excited to see some pictures. And our good oh, yeah. friend, Kai Zin. Kai, tell people where they can find and hear you on the on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch both. So, uh, we do Black Sky Legion. We talk about... All things space. We talk mm-hmm. about Star Citizen. We talk about No Man's Sky. We talk about other space games, space books, space movies, space TV shows, <laughs> and real space stuff that is happening. And we're in the middle of a series talking about small rocket launch providers. There's some cool companies that are launching small rockets to space on, like, literally off of big weather balloons and mm-hmm. using 3D printed engines and all kinds of cool, weird stuff. Yep. So come check it out, Friday at 8 p.m. Check them out. Great show, great people that come on, knowledgeable folks that talk about the gaming industry, all the space stuff, which is really cool. So you guys be sure to check out Kai and the folks over at Black Sky Legion. Okay, we are ready to wrap it up. We are going to do a raid and we are going to raid McGlown. So when you guys get over at McGlown, if you like what you see, follow, let them know that you got raided by the folks over at Soul Citizens. Uh, thank you again to Abdi. Thank you again to Kai. 
and we appreciate all of you guys hanging out with us tonight on Sunday, first Sunday of August. And uh, till we see you guys again, stay safe, stay healthy, peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys real soon. Take care.